0: Hello, this is Bill Lytle, wisdom for your walk again. Hope to help you some today with a thought I've had through the years. It comes from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. It says, let me read you a few verses. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. First of all, let me just say this as a side note. The responsibility to succeed in a Christian life is a lot on our shoulders. Of course, God's provided the way to succeed. He's provided the means for success. But the actual success itself must come by your choice and my choice to put our hand to the plow and not to look back. Isn't that what Jesus said? And He said, if you look back, you're not worthy of the kingdom of God. So the way you're going to end in eternity and face Jesus, a born-again Christian, is really going to be a whole lot on you. It's going to be up to what you did. You'll not be able to point a finger at people around you. Your biggest enemies and my biggest enemies are not the people that uh, I'm around. It's me. It's my, it's my decision-making and my character and my, my, my ability to lean upon the Holy Spirit for power. Uh, God's given us a choice, a prerogative, a volition. Uh, we're made in his image, and we're like that. Well, anyways, it says in verse 12, this is a key key. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, you know that the spirit wrestles against the flesh, the flesh wrestles against the spirit. I've had people come to me and say, Brother Bill, why why are things not more clean cut? Why are there so many different churches? Why is a uh, why are there so many different doctrinal positions? Why is there so much confusion on the on the whole thing about religion and Christianity and Bible and, you know, opinions about the versions and why has there always seemed like a war, uh, mess a messy, if I may say, a messy war around uh, the Bible itself. And then around the character of Christ, is, of course, we're constantly being attacked and uh, people have said, you know, I found a secret and this and that and the other thing. Uh, this contradicted what's been, Believed all these years, of course, none of that comes to fruition. It's not so; it hasn't happened. That's because of this statement. And get this: the very nature of war is messy, confusion. My dad was in uh, World War II, Saipan, Tinian, Okinawa. He was the third. He was the fourth wave of Marines on Saipan. He was the first wave of Marines on Tinian. Now, usually, the first wave of Marines have the highest fatality rate. Uh, makes sense, right? And it goes down as the waves of Marines. If you're the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th wave, you get less fatalities. But he was the first wave on Tinian and and 4th on Saipan. And then he had served in Okinawa also. And so here he goes, you know, um, about war. And he, he fights, uh, I think, about a year and a half on the islands there. And they took those islands, secured them. And ridded the Japanese of of those areas. So when he came back home, and I was older by that time, you know, he started asking questions. Ten, eleven, and twelve years old. I said, "Dad, what was war like? What was war like?" Because you know, man, at that time, that TV shows in the fifties and sixties, we had a show called Combat, and uh, they it seemed almost like it, Gloria, it Made you almost want to go to war. Made you want to be a soldier. Made you want to be. Ooh, boy, would it be nice to have a battle be in battle and have it made it, it glorified it my dad didn't like that he didn't like those kind of glo- those programs that glorified war or made it look attractive because i he would say to me bill war is hell war is horror war is confusion war is loss war is sorrow beyond sorrow Continued sorrow, loss of friends and loss of comrades, and and horrible, horrible wounds of debilitating wounds, loss of limbs and legs and and functioning parts of your body. As you get shot or blown up by landmines and all these. There's nothing good about war. The only thing good about war is what it accomplishes uh, eventually, which is rid evil, rid a horrible evil that's out there trying to destroy you. That's the only good part about war, and it makes sense. So the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we're at war. We're at war. Uh, we're, we're battling the forces of darkness. We that have joined the forces of light and Christ, and we're, we're on the winning side. Yes, but we are at a war, and it's the very nature of war, and the struggle of war, is that it's dirty, it's confusing. You have loss. You have fatalities. You have people that are betrayers or traitors. In any military, you have people that go uh, uh, AWOL, as they call it, and you have them leave. Uh, and my dad used to say, uh, he said on the islands, anybody that would be a traitor, they'd shoot him. There was no place to put them in prison. If they if they decided to run, they shoot him. And so there was no way to go but forward. And you couldn't go back, or they, you, you, weren't gonna, you were going to get killed if you went forward. You may get killed, you're for sure going to get killed if you go backward. And I thought about that, and apply all that, and maybe in your mind, apply all this to your spiritual life. Sometimes things aren't clear, are they? You know, the, the path you need to take is not clear, or the direction maybe you need to go is not real clear. And sometimes you see people that start out in Christianity and they fall and they fail and they, and they uh, maybe get divorced, and couples that love Jesus and live for him get divorced, and children get alienated, and some of the children turn to agnosticism or maybe atheism. And, and God forbid even some Christian families that have children that turn to be homosexual, transvestites or whatever the case, uh, transgenders they call it. And the horror of all that, and it's messy and it's dirty and it's sorrowful, but isn't that really the nature of war? Isn't, isn't that the nature of all war? There's no clean, neat Hollywood war. It's a myth. The fact that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. The Bible says in John, 1 John, the whole world lieth in wickedness. This is no tea party. This is no walk through the park. This is hand-to-hand combat. By the way, wrestling is—I don't like wrestling in high school. I never did wrestling. I played baseball, played football. Uh, I was no good at basketball, and not very good at the other two either. But I didn't want wrestling. I didn't want. Or they tried to teach us wrestling in gym. I didn't want to do it because I don't want to—I don't want to be hugging on another boy that much. Uh, just between you and me, I just don't like uh, hugging on another sweaty boy. Um, I've said that for years. I just wasn't run for me. I'm not against people who wrestle, but man, that just wasn't me. I didn't like that kind of combat because it was dirty and smelly and nasty. But but whether I like it or not, I am in that kind of combat spiritually. I'm in a hand-to-hand <clears throat> combat against the devil himself. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle. We war. It's sweaty. It's dirty. It's nasty. It's unpleasant. It's repulsive. It's not something I want to do, but I have to do. As a born-again Christian, we had to wrestle against the wicked foes of this world. We have to stand against the the evil of this world, in many cases in high places, presidencies, and as Trump would say, the swamp. What, what do you mean by the swamp? It was just a a force of evil, of people that are illegitimate in high places. It's it's predicted in the Bible. It happens in churches. Preachers. Why is it that people rise to power oftentimes that are corrupt? Preachers, I'm talking about. And deacons. Uh, people that, they rise to power, uh, they get voted in, and then they turn into be like the devil themselves, wicked and deceitful and, and misuse the people of God, misuse the church of God, misuse the money God puts them in charge of, uh, embezzle it or or spend it the way they shouldn't on themselves, and live like kings. You know, you see it, you see it, two, these preachers on the Internet, two, three jets, they want to get another jet because the two jets they have aren't quite big enough, Don't can't carry enough folks. Uh, there's no limit. I mean, some of these people have... A mass. These, by the way, this is tithe money. This is money dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ, given to that ministry. Uh Jim Baker tried to build a theme park—two hundred some odd million dollars of God's money. Build a theme park, folks. We don't need more theme parks. We need more churches out there preaching the gospel, running bus ministries, reaching the poor neighborhoods for Jesus, proclaiming Jesus saves. Jesus saves. We don't need more entertainment as born-again believers. We got your cell phone and your TV already corrupting us to death. Well, I just thought I'd give that as a thought. I hope it helps you. I hope you understand the very nature of your life, the very nature of my life. As a born-again Christian, it's a little bit messy, a little bit dirty. You're going to lose some loved ones. You're going to lose some friends. fatalities, You don't fight a war without fatalities. You can't fight a war without people being wounded. And if you get wounded, rise up, heal up, get your Purple Heart from Jesus, and fight on until he takes you home. May the Lord help us and keep us. This is wisdom for your walk, Bill Lytell.